Flat Hat Magazine presents the Zeitgeist, the one and only arts and culture podcast of the College of Lame and Mary. In our premiere episode, Copy Chief Nina Renesis talks with senior Jamila Jacob about what it means to be Asian American in the United States in this day and age. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts in order to catch future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into the content. My name is Jamela. I'm currently a senior, um, so graduating very soon. I major in Asian and Pacific American Studies and Public Policy, and some of the spaces that I'm involved in on campus are uh, the Filipino American Student Association, um, Asian American Student Initiative, the Center for Student Diversity, um, and just like in these spaces, I've, I've really found so much value um, through my experiences. So something that I also want to mention is that you won the Monroe Prize for Civic Leadership this year. Uh, Congratulations again. And yeah, I was wondering if you could kind of reflect on, you know, what winning the award kind of means to you and what that means for the work you've done in the past four years as a member of the William & Mary community. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, definitely, I think, first of all, all the coverage and, and attention that the award got a couple of months ago was something I really did not expect. Honestly, I, I I didn't think anybody would really find out that I won the award, and I was completely fine with that. And so I, I thought I was, you know, going to get through Charter Day and everything without anybody finding out that I was getting this award. But somebody had sent it to like the big faucet group chat. And that's kind of like how people found out it was my housemate um, Mm -hmm. that sent um, like the article. And, and I definitely went through a couple of waves of like embarrassment and just like over just like a lot of like overwhelming emotions, just because it was like a lot of attention all at once. But honestly, like, I'm just like really grateful for it, I think, to be recognized. It's not something like, you know, like it was never like a goal of mine to win an award Mm -hmm. like that. It's not something I like sought after. But to, you know, find out that I was nominated last semester and then eventually, you know, become the this year's recipient really meant a lot. I think mostly rather than like for myself, I, I feel like I really I was proud of it because of like my mentors who have like mm-hmm. to like this this position and so like kind of the process of getting chosen for the Monroe Award is like you get nominated and then there are like people on campus who can send in like a a recommendation or something like that or like a letter of support and I think that was like what really got me through the process was just knowing that like all these people on campus like my my professors and also Shanae from the Center for Student Diversity like knowing that they had my back and mm-hmm. believed in me for that that I was deserving to receive this this prize really meant a lot and you know I think it's always been about like community for me because I think you know especially in my last year at William and Mary I think a big goal of mine was to give back to the communities that I feel like have Mm -hmm. helped me grow throughout my four years. And so I feel like to me, like that award more than anything is really just kind of like a symbol of the growth that I've been able to have because of 
the connections I've made on campus, the communities I've found, the mentors that I've worked closely with. And I think that's, that's really like what I treasure most about it. That's great. And I like how you kind of mentioned that, of course, you know, something like the Monroe Prize wasn't a goal of yours. But speaking of goals, you know, you're a senior, thinking back to freshman year and your talk of community, how do you think that, you know, the communities that you're kind of a part of have helped you grow as a person? How have the people around you helped you grow as far as your peers? And you also mentioned your mentors, so your professors as well. Yeah, for sure. I feel like reflecting back on my freshman year, I don't think I knew anything. Like I really, like I didn't know anything about anything. So I feel like as a freshman, you know, like I didn't even come in like knowing what I wanted to major in, like what organizations I wanted to be a part of. I had no idea. I was coming into mm-hmm. William American mind about everything. And like, I, I think the journey I've had with my community on campus, which has ultimately like shaped every aspect of my life at William & Mary. I think started on my first day, I took introduction to APIA studies and that, that, that class really, I feel like changed my life. I, I really only took it because I needed to find like one more class. And it was the only class left on course mm-hmm. list that had seats open. I walked into that class and it really like changed my life, I think, because it was like my first exposure to Asian American studies, which I ended up becoming extremely passionate about. And from there, you know, I started to see like the connections between what I was learning inside the classrooms and how it was connected to my personal life, as well as like the friends that I was like meeting for the first time and becoming closer with, as well as like the communities that I was starting to become a part of, which um, at the time, you know, was primarily FASA and then Mm -hmm. ASI and the CSD. And so through these like very few communities, I feel like I've really been able to, again, like find mentors, not only in like faculty and like staff and stuff, I've also like, I think I found like mentors in, in like upperclassmen and like just mm-hmm. friends that I've had throughout, throughout my four years, which I'm, I'm really, really thankful for. I think just like it, it's come full circle in a way where I feel like as a freshman, I was looking for any and everything to find a place at William & Mary. And so, you know, when you talk about how much taking APIA has kind of changed your life. You know, we can talk about big things like like activism and APIA studies as um, an academic thing. But I was wondering, you know, in terms of community and more specifically kind of friendship and kind of the bonds that you've that you've made in the past four years. This may be a little sentimental, but like I guess as a graduating senior, some of the little things about your friend group, FASA and all that that you're gonna miss, you know, those experiences that are really only, you can really only have in college. Yeah, this is something I I think I've definitely been thinking a lot about with just a couple of weeks left in school. And then also, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're in a really strange situation with the pandemic, that I think even like our friendships have like looked differently. We've like had to find other ways to connect with other people, with people um, in general. And then also, I think like, it's also made me sort of look more inward with uh, like my friendships and stuff just because like like you can't be with like 
a lot of people all the time, right? Yeah, I think, I don't know, I just like looking back at this like last year, I guess, especially, I'm really thankful for this close group of friends that I, I have because I think they've they've really sort of like kind of reminded me like what this is all for, why mm-hmm. the last four years has been worth it. And also just sort of, I guess, given me meaning in the last year mm-hmm. with so much, you know, difficulty and so many challenges and things like that. I also think a lot about the relationship I have with um, my big in FASA, who is still one of my, he graduated last year, um, but he's still like one of my best friends ever and has also been like a really great mentor. And I obviously like treasure so many relationships that I've, I've been able to have because of like William and Mary, but that, that one like feels really special to me still just because I think, you know, he went from like being somebody I really looked up to because he was like my big in FASA, but then we like also started getting really, really close. And so like, he is like a best friend and role model and biggest supporter all in one. So that's something I also really, really treasure. I think definitely I'm, I'm going to miss all of my communities but definitely like I have like people <laughs> in my mind who mm-hmm. I especially like thinking about like my senior year I like I just know that like I'm gonna miss like people I've made memories with in my last year of college. Thinking back to you said your first APIA class was there something specifically that made you really interested in the subject academically and can you talk a little bit, a little bit about that in the context of uh, what the department is like uh, here at William & Mary and your experiences with that? Okay, so like I, like I said before, like I came into this class not knowing anything about APIA studies. I, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely even sure I remember why I ended up taking the class other than the fact that it was the only class I saw that had spots left in it. But something I, I really remember from my first day of class is, you know, I was like, really shy and scared freshman. Um, and I was walking into, I walked into this room in Morton and like on the board was this quote defining racism mm-hmm. written by Ruth Wilson Gilmore, who is like a prison abolitionist um, and it's a scholar and all these different things. And the first thing that my professor in that class asked Professor uh, Bene Farrell um, was he asked the class to to kind of like deconstruct this definition and and like what we think it means and I had no idea like it was like a really really like abstract like definition of like racism with words that I did not know the meaning of um, and I was just like at the time I was just really scared that I would be called on and I wouldn't have anything to say but I think that was the first time I had really ever grappled with with you know, the idea of like racism and just like race in general on that level. And I was like intimidated and overwhelmed, but also completely like fascinated in that one class. And throughout that semester, every single class was like that. And I felt like I was leaving that class every time having learned something new. And also with the growing understanding that all of these things were personally connected to my own identity. And I, I think that 
is so telling of what APIA is like at William and Mary. I think the program is really unique. We are still like a small program and we only, we still just have like a couple of majors that we graduate every year. But, you know, it's like that small community that makes us like really close together. And there's something about the fact that you are growing with the same people throughout your four years and everybody kind of like finds their own interests within APIA. Like for example, the class of 2021, we have I think like five majors who are graduating this year and we're all majoring in APIA, but we're also all interested in other things. And it's, it's really cool to see how we connect those interests with APIA. And, you know, for example, one of our APIA majors who's graduating this year, like he's going to med school next year. And we have another major who's like really into like psychology and the others like really into like grassroots activism and organizing. And then another person is like really interested in law. So it's just like, it's really, it's been so beautiful to kind of like see all of us grow in these different ways, in these different subjects, but also still knowing that APIA is our home. And I also think that the professors who teach in APIA are so, so special. I could talk forever. I could talk like a whole podcast length about all, all my professors at APIA. They're really just like all so great. And I've found such great mentors in them to know that like, you know, I was being taught by like Professor Farrell, who is absolutely brilliant. And then we've got like Professor Aguas, who's been such a great mentor and is an absolute like leader on this campus. <laughs> and, you know, Professor Sahoni and Professor Falwell, Professor Shihai, but literally just like everybody, I think like I've learned so, so much. And yeah, I think like APA is still so underrated. And I, I tell everybody as much as I can to take a class in APIA because I think it's so, so special. And I also think that APIA at William & Mary has a really interesting history because it's born out of like student mobilization. Like, a couple of students mobilized for years to get the minor and then eventually the major and get that to William & Mary. So even the way that it exists now at William & Mary is because of a community of students who have found APIA and ethnic studies at William & Mary necessary. I think about how like these alumni were seeking this knowledge, right? And they did what they had to do to get these classes. And so like I owe a lot of what is accessible to me now to the work that the alumni have done. And I think it mirrors a lot of the history of, of ethnic studies as a whole in general in the United States where ethnic studies was born out of a movement in, in California. And to see that happening like here at William & Mary in the South has just been like really, really cool. Like I feel like as APIA students at William & Mary, knowing we study ethnic studies, knowing we grapple with ideas of like race and imperialism and capitalism and all these different things. And also, just keeping in mind that we go to William & Mary where we, as people of color, can't detach, you know, our identities from this campus that has a really racist history. It's close to Colonial Williamsburg that continues to remind us of that racist history. It is just something I, I think about a lot and I think has shaped me and a lot of other APIA majors to definitely be involved in in activism and, and, and in their community because they are aware of all these different things happening. Wow, I mean, that's 
That's great. That's really insightful. And I think you're right that, you know, the context of APIA specifically at William & Mary is super interesting and very unique because I think I think the department is one of the only ones in the South, if not the only one in the South that offers both a major and a minor. Yeah, but I, I definitely think that William & Mary has like one of the more established programs. But yeah, I, it's hard to get these ethnic studies programs up and running at mm-hmm. schools in general, which says a lot, right, about how much work we still have left to do to have these classes and have this scholarship accessible to students. And also the fact that a lot of ethnic studies programs are just programs. They're, they're not actual departments that get like consistent funding. I think it's like part of a larger conversation about what ethnic studies means to students of color and why it matters and then also reflecting on like the overall direction of these ethnic studies programs and classes you know and speaking of that you talked a little bit about i mean and how true it is that both for apia and the other ethnic studies programs on campus and i think everywhere um for students of color it means something important to us because like you said it's something that we can't detach especially when we're here on on this college campus and so I was wondering if you could speak to, for, for those who maybe haven't taken an APIA course or an ethnic studies course, what doing so has kind of, how it's changed your outlook on the community here, on, like you sort of touched on the, the history of this campus and looking forward after school, post-college world, what ethnic studies, being that it is in its own way kind of personal to students of color, what that means for your worldview after college? That's um, a really great question. I think taking ethnic studies classes has pretty much like shaped my entire life. And I, I know it's hard to put it into a couple of words, I guess, just how, how impactful it has been for me. I think especially just because I feel like I, I, again, like can't detach what I learn from these classes, from my personal communities, right? And I think that's something that I'm going to take beyond college and take wherever I go. And I think something else that it has really done is is just like, has helped me realize like my dedication to community and cultivating, you know, these spaces, because I've also seen like the good that has come out of that. And, and this is part of like why I also think like ethnic studies is necessary, right? Like just in, in education in general, whether that be in college or K to 12 is because taking ethnic studies classes like, helps a lot of like students of color find meaning in their identities, which, you know, I think like before is like hard to realize and hard to unpack when, you know, all your life, I feel like you're expected to kind of like simplify that part of you or make that part of you like invisible or things like that which has been my experience as well like I think it wasn't until college where I found APIA and found like FASA and ASI and all these different things where I really started to seriously reflect on my racial and ethnic identity and all these other identities that I hold which all have weight and I feel like that's a common experience for people who take ethnic studies classes. Like I think that whether or not they know what they're getting into, that's what they're getting 
from it that that's, that's what their the takeaways have been i also think that it's been really clear for me where applying what i learned in the classroom outside of the classroom and that's definitely been like a journey in and of itself being able to learn about history and then knowing that a lot of those things are still like perpetuated currently knowing like what that looks like in the present and i guess like understanding that these classes aren't just to teach you about the past but says a lot about the present and the future yeah and you know you talked about how specifically at william and mary and really i mean all over the country ethnic studies programs have kind of been born out of a demand from students to have these departments and to have these classes and just more generally speaking i think in this past year ever since, I mean, definitely before the pandemic started, but definitely since the pandemic started, you've seen a lot of activism, a lot of student mobilization on campus. And I was wondering if you could kind of speak to the importance of of student mobilization on campus and maybe specifically what your role has been. And I guess since we've also talked about how close the APIA faculty are to their students, kind of compared to other parts of campus, what role they've played in being allies for that mobilization in these past couple of months? Yeah, for sure. I mean, to, I think, answer the first question, I think all of it returns to this idea, again, of, like, community and how, like, how just important it is to be there for each other in the midst of pandemic and so much activism for racial justice. And also, I feel like, you know, as William & Mary students, to some degree, we are all like reacting to the way the administration, I think, handles a lot of different things. And that has affected students' lives a lot. And like the staff and the faculty and everything, right? I guess thinking about the different things that have come up in just like the last year with pass-fail and the renaming of buildings and fundraisers for dining staff and like furloughed workers and non-tenured faculty and all of these different things. I think a lot about how students have had to mobilize and come up with all these different ways to do something about these issues out of necessity because administration didn't do anything about it. I reflect a lot on how it falls on the burden of typically students of color, typically Black students, to lead these efforts to get things done on campus, which is in many ways just really heartbreaking for me, especially as a senior, knowing that a lot of these efforts are being led by underclassmen who are still also just trying to figure their way out in like college. And I just like hate how students have had to step up because administration hasn't been doing anything. And then it's also a larger conversation about how the student mobilization among like the student body contributes to the image of William and Mary and how William and Mary as an institution reaps the benefits of these efforts that are led by students, but they're not being like credited for the work they're doing. I just hear and read things about these different administrators being recognized for diversity or getting raises and getting all these different things 
while students are expected to be leaders and organizers on top of being just students. And I think that's just so, so frustrating. But it like returns me to the idea of community and how a large part of my experience at William & Mary, especially in the last couple of years, has just been because of the people that I've, I've met at William & Mary, students and faculty, that has made my four years worth it. And I am really hoping that we can reimagine a future for William & Mary where students don't have to take on all of the emotional and physical toll of being activists right? Activism is necessary and community is necessary, but we also have to think about how sometimes this is way too much for a few students to handle, but nothing ever gets done if students don't start something, which has just been, I think, what I've seen. I don't know. I think a lot about the Black Lives Matter protests that continue to happen like every month or so in the last semester, it was every week, and how that was like organized by one person and was like supported by many people, but you know, a lot of it was led by one person. And then also like the fundraiser for dining staff a year ago, and how that was organized by a group of students as well. And throughout all of it, the administration was just like, oh, no, nobody's getting furloughed, like, everything's fine. But not everything's fine. It's really given me perspective on how important community is, and like how we just always need to be like looking out for each other, because we're all that we've got. Yeah. Yeah. And you actually kind of touched a little bit on my follow up with that, which is great. You know, you talked about reimagining campus in the future, I guess, both for yourself, if you're comfortable talking about where you see yourself after graduation and what you've talked a lot about community, how that has led into your goals for the future and kind of where you want to be. And on top of that, where would you want to see both the APIA department at William & Mary and William & Mary in general in the future as far as listening to student voices and making sure that those needs are met, especially for students of color? It, when you come back for homecoming or whatever as, as an alum, what, what changes would you hope to see, I guess? So just talking about the, the future now. I, I don't know. I, I think that's a really tricky question because it's so hard to have a conversation about the future of William and Mary, knowing that it still has like all of these really deeply ingrained roots in such racist history, that's like really painful to to reflect on, especially for like students of color, right? And so I don't know, I don't think I, I have an, an answer for what that might look like. I think what I hope for the API program is that it obviously grows and that it continues staying true to itself and the fact that the, the program is not only a space for academic learning, but it's, you know, the space for students just to kind of find a home in. That's been my experience with it. That's been, I think, like the experience for alumni. And so I would really love for that to continue. And I think just like my biggest hope for students at William & Mary rather than like the institution is that I hope students are able to find communities on campus where they can learn and grow outside of the classroom because I think college is more than just literally like your classes right it's its own world and and I think that's kind of wild sometimes 
where I feel like you live an entire life in your four years at, at college or however long you have. So yeah, I think that's my hope that just like students find communities where they feel like they belong, where they feel like they're at home and just like spaces where they are welcomed, have space to to grow and people like want the best for them and are rooting for them. I think that's as much as you could ask for from an institution like William and Mary, which might sound really harsh, but yeah, I think just like in my uh, experience, it's been largely because of the people I've met and personally connected with that has made all the difference. And in terms of yourself, where do you where do you see all of this activism, all of this kind of learning? Where does that culminate after graduation for you? I mean, I definitely hope that I stay, I'm going to continue being involved in the Asian American community, just also just standing in solidarity with Black and Brown communities as well. I hope I never stray away from that, as I think of just like how much that's shaped my current present and how I don't want that to change in the future. Also, just I guess where I kind of see myself is, I don't know, for, for me personally, I owe so much to, you know, majoring in APIA and, you know, diving deep into ethnic studies. And I think for me, that's like kind of the root of it all. And so I want to like continue like studying Asian American studies in the future and like grad school and things. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But I, I yeah, just I think I want to continue being involved and continuing to grow my dedication to this community. I don't know what that looks like yet, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, this has all been really great. And I think, you know, kind of the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on, walking back a little bit to, you know, we talked about how identity for students of color is really attached to, to ethnic studies and how being a part of that and specifically this community at William & Mary, because it's so small, it's so tight-knit, can really help you grow as a person. And obviously that can also be a very emotional experience. You know, thinking about when you take these classes and it forces you to think about your own history, your own identity, it's a lot. It can take a lot out of you. And so I was wondering if you had any advice for, for those people who are maybe on the fence about taking an APIA course or an ethnic studies course because of that because of how much it could take a toll and, you know, kind of your advice for people who are thinking about it and maybe just don't know where to start, so to speak. Yeah, they had us definitely like a, a real and valid concern. And I think I found so much comfort in knowing that I'm on this journey of, of learning and unpacking with other people and like just knowing I'm not alone. Again, like I... I it's been like the, my journey with APA has been unique in the way that I have taken many of these classes alongside um, other APIA students. And so we were learning a lot of these different things for the first time together, which I think if you were doing it all alone, um, you know, it's just you and the professor and that's like scary, right? Um, but just like knowing that you have other people to sort of talk through these topics with has been, I think, like monumental for me too. And, and yeah, I mean, I can't lie. It's like definitely daunting because I think there are moments where 
you come across all these different things in API classes that that what like you said like forces you to really reflect on your identity which is sometimes really scary and I can only speak for myself but I think my journey has been rewarding and I think that's like something I hold on to that like I have learned so much because I took that first step with that first class and I've grown so much because of the people that I've I've met through that first class and just like all of APIA in general and I have also been able to like explore so many different opportunities because of my involvement in APIA and so yeah I'm just like really grateful for all of it and like I reflect on the last four years, and, and even though it's like not over yet, I think I, I can confidently say that it was worth it. And I hope that I, I, you know, I remember it as that, you know, 10 years from now. And I think I will. Like, I, I think I'll look back at college fondly, mostly because of, of APIA and because of like the personal growth I've had thanks to my classes, my professors, my friends, and all these spaces on campus that I've had to really seek out to find with like FOSA ASI, the CSD, APIA, and all these different things. And yeah, like I've, I've had to seek these spaces out, but at the same time, like I think I can't imagine my experience in college if it weren't for these spaces. This has been so great. um yeah I mean I've learned so much already um thank you so much for speaking with me today I had a really great time kind of learning about your experiences at the college a little bit more about the history of APIA this has been great thank you so much thank you oh my gosh yeah no this has been lovely too I feel like I don't know I just like and coming across a lot of these moments where I've had to reflect on the last four years and this being one of them. And I don't know, it feels so, I don't know, feels so surreal that I've gotten to this point weeks away from graduation. <laughs> yeah, it's time flies so fast, especially with how much, how much you pack into four years of college just makes it, I feel like, go by even faster. If you thought this was interesting, you should check out flathatmagazine.com. On our website, you can check out our new issue entitled The Big Scoop, where we discuss our favorite topics such as famous alumna Jen Psaki, french fries, and how drag culture is influencing Gen Z style and social norms. Be sure to follow us on social media at Flat Hat Magazine to keep up with us. We'll be back this summer with even more content.